Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of the Cinematropolis.com, your home to thoughtful conversations on film, and this year's podcast media partner for the Dead Center 2023 Film Festival. I'm your host, Caleb Masters, and we're taking a look at a film that's playing at this year's festival that I think has a really important and powerful story that we all need to hear called Body Electric. We're going to be speaking with the film's writer, director, producer here in one moment. But before we get to the conversation, I just wanted to note that if you are listening to the show today and you enjoy the conversation, please make sure to support the show by subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever your podcasts are found. And you can also learn more about all the films we're discussing over at deadcenterfilm.org. So let me give you a quick blurb about the film, Body Electric. Thank you guys so much for coming. 45, wow. I'm so excited about that. I, at middle age, am really questioning what happens to your mind and connection to your body. I've had therapists say, and you've got a little body dysmorphic thing going on. The gay culture is especially obsessed with youth and beauty. Have you ever been on a diet? All my life. I was bulimic. And I had hundreds of ulcers in my throat. My husband bought me a new ass, new calves. Well, this and is full true. Body life. Men come into the gym because they're trying to uphold this super unfortunate standard that's being placed on them by other gay men in the gay community. And it's wild to see. There are some, like, hurt men. When you look in the mirror, mm -hmm. what do you see? According to a shortened version of the description from the Dead Center website, Body Electric is described as... The film follows queer filmmaker Nick Demas, his journey from dysmorphia to acceptance. Through focusing the lens, the film provides the queer community an opportunity for reflection and empowers the next generation to wholeness. And joining us today is the film's writer, director, producer, Nick Demas. Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, hey, I, I came across uh, the, the description for this film, and I have to, full disclosure, I haven't had a chance to see it, but I think this is a really important topic that's probably going to resonate with a lot of folks out there right now. So could you tell me a little bit more about your story and maybe what inspired you to, to put this story on film? Yeah, so I was turning 45, and I was looking at my own body and the fact that at 45, here I am in a culture that is obsessed with youth and beauty. And at 45, you start the decline. And the queer culture, particularly gay men, are incredibly obsessed with youth and beauty. And where was my place now in this community? And I'm looking at the fact that I don't have any role models of how to age. The generation before me, a good number of them died of AIDS. And before that, they were in the closet. And so here we are, this first large generation of queer people aging and no idea how to do it. And that was really sort of the impetus for the film. And then I read the statistic that of all men who have eating disorders, 42% of them are gay men which is staggering. And, and I had my own issues, you know? I had my own body stuff going on, that my own uh, fears around aging, around uh, what was happening to my body, how it didn't function the way that it used to, how it didn't look, quite honestly, in a very sort of vain way, how I didn't look the way I had. And that was really what began the journey. You're having this realization 
does this start as sort of like a very personal process? Hey, I'm just going to start documenting this. Or do you say, hey, is anyone even talking about this? Like, wh- at what point are you saying, I'm going to hit record and share the story? I knew that we were having these conversations behind closed doors. Gay men in particular talk about this a lot with each other. We almost bully each other about how we look. But nobody talks about it openly. Nobody was really honest about it. And so I said, okay, I'm grabbing the camera and let's start this conversation. Let's start a real conversation about this. And it began with gay men, but then I read yet another statistic that young people, 13 to 24, across the queer spectrum, 54% of them are diagnosed with an eating disorder at some point. Oh my gosh, wow. And that's when I thought, oh, we've got to broaden this film a bit past gay men because clearly this is more than a gay male story. This is something about the spectrum of the entire rainbow. And it became more intersectional. And I began to reach to different parts of the community and dig in. Because what I realized is that that this is a... This is an issue that transcends queerness. It is sort of a, we're the little microcosm of a greater macrocosm of body image in our country. And we're basically in the world, but particularly in America, we, we value body, we value looks, we value how people express themselves. And then we don't value some bodies. And that was really the conversation that I wanted to get going. Yeah, I mean, statistics like that, that's almost like epidemic type levels. If it was any other kind of more widely known disease or the widely discussed is probably a better way to put it, uh, disease that I think there'd be a lot more attention to it. What were some of your findings? I mean, you obviously have a lot of experience in your own community. What were some of the the key similarities you're able to find once you expanded into other communities of people experiencing dysmorphia? Yeah, so here's the thing about body image. It is incredibly complex. I'm not sure I found one answer. You know, you can't say, you know, you ask the dramatic question and expect a yes or no answer at the end of the film. I think this is one of those films that we opened more questions because there isn't one thing. It is not only, you know, the bullying within the community itself, because here you are, you know, finally finding a community of people that are like you, and then you torment each other based on the bullying that you received. There's that component. There's also a religious component for some people. There's, there's a, a societal component of just being queer in the world. There's trauma. There are so many factors that, it, that it's incredibly complex. And kind of no two stories are exactly alike, which makes it even more interesting, ultimately. It kind of reminds me of uh, the idea that the more specific you get, the more universal the idea gets. Because, I mean, how many people do you talk to? I mean, even the most attractive, air quotes, perfect bodies, you you know, you could talk to any model and they probably have some, oh, I'm I'm too fat or I'm too tall. So so it seems like even though this is a, a very personal story, I mean, it's just part of the human experience in the year 2023. I love that you mentioned that. Because I'm, I think it's is Martin Scorsese who has sort of coined that phrase, right? Of the more the more personal, the more universal. 
And that is why we kept coming back to my story and that I had to be completely honest in order for others to feel like they could be vulnerable and honest and real about this. And so we kept, while we would go into these, you know, lanes, as one does in a documentary, we kept coming back to how can I, it was literally like putting a mirror in front of myself. That camera lens was reflecting. How can I be more honest about what's really happening with me? Was that challenging? <laughs> to, to say the least? <laughs> That's a great understatement. <laughs> I'm kind of wondering, like, there's a lot of self-exploration. You have to be very deeply honest with yourself publicly. Yeah. How did you approach that? I mean, were there challenges along the way? Did you have a support system who kind of helped you in this, in this uh, filmmaking process? You know, I, I have a therapist. That was very, very helpful. Uh, I had done a lot of the work. I had done work before on myself, right? So I showed up ready to, to go deeper, to explore more. Because in my own personal journey, I had you know, experienced what we were talking about, things like bullying. And I also have trauma, sexual trauma in my, my history that, that we talk about. Because that was a major factor for me doing this film, right? Is my own body shame. And I had to, I knew that I had to step up. And each step of the way, it cracked me open a little bit more and more. And I just kept saying to myself, lead with the heart. And that Scorsese quote kept coming to me. Wow. What would you say in terms of things that you learned? Again, going back to the Scorsese quote, the idea, actually seeing that in practice and reality, what were some of the, like the, some of the, things you learned or took away from the actual filmmaking process? Ooh, that's really good. So many different things. You know, I think as a doc filmmaker, you set out with an idea. And of course, as you know, with, with documentary, you follow the story or find the story or it, it comes in. With this particular documentary, we could have gone in 5,000 different directions and so I had to continually remind myself to stay true to my artist, stay true to the story that I wanted to tell because it is so complex. I could have gone on five different journeys within a day, right, based on what these, these incredible people were sharing with me. And I learned that when you ask a real question, people are willing to really open up and respond. And I think in this world right now where we're so divisive and so um, let's just tweet at each other some you know that when you actually sit with somebody despite your differences despite anything that you would think would make you not like the other person when you crack open that heart and you really dive in with somebody they're really willing to be vulnerable and share with you. And you forge these connections with people that are incredible. And people are willing. That's what I learned. People are really willing and really want to share themselves in a real way. So you, you had a number of incredible interviews uh, in this documentary. Any of those you want to talk about or highlight that maybe stuck out or at least kind of tied into some of the, the larger common themes in your own story? Yeah, so... So many incredible people, uh, including the late Leslie Jordan, 
who um, is really honest in this film about his own journey as a, as a, as a shorter guy, as somebody who is not the most masculine guy, you know, he was really, and funny and, and uh, profoundly incredible. I also want to mention um, Daniel Aston, who uh, is a man who we interviewed, who was, who uh, died in the Colorado shooting oh. at the club. Um, yeah. And that was really, really rough, you know, to, uh, we were so grateful to have his words uh, and to have spent time with him because he was an incredible man, incredible. Um, and then, you know, there's uh, people like this wonderful man, Greg Lippi from, from Dallas, who's probably the most similar to me in story, you know, um, from steroid use to uh, excessive dieting, um, there really was this spectrum of people. And interestingly, ladies too, right? This wasn't just a male documentary. We also reached out to the queer femme community, to lesbians, and got their take, which they all say is slightly different. And so I learned that while, like you said, everyone has that body stuff, like we all can, that there is that universal, it just, is just slightly different for everyone. For everybody. Yeah. In terms of the experience you're hoping people have with the, the documentary, they, they go and watch it, credits roll. What do you hope is the experience or feeling or ideas that they can take away to sort of think about after yeah. it's done? I really want them to examine their own body issues. We all have them. Let's just be honest. We all have them. You know, I've never, and it doesn't, and like you said, it doesn't matter if it's a model or the most jacked guy in the world, you know, they're the, at times, sometimes the most freaked out about their bodies, which is fascinating. And we live in this world of body positivity. And even in that movement, I have found, we found that there's still that underlying fear or anxiety. So looking at, first looking at themselves, and then second, having this conversation. You know, I really encourage people after the film to talk to people, because that's where the healing happens, is in the conversation, is in sharing your story. I know it has for me in this journey. Well, Nick, again, thank you so much for being vulnerable and putting your story out there. It takes a lot of courage and, uh, like you say, just because you're having to, more than anybody, address yourself in a very deeply personal way in front of an audience. So we're very thankful that you brought your film Body Electric to Dead Center. Is there anything else you'd like to share about the film before we wrap up today? I'm really, um, I'm going to say I'm really grateful to those that stood up and were vulnerable and honest. It was really, really important to me that this wasn't a surface level documentary about body, which it could have gone really easily but that people were really honest. And uh, for that, I'm grateful. How did your experience living in Oklahoma perhaps influence or uh, impact your personal story that makes its way into the film? So it was really important to me while I, you know, MS, uh, lived in New York City when we started this documentary, I had previously lived here. And it was really important to me to get perspectives from not just the liberal elite, right? I wanted to get yes. perspectives from across 
the spectrum and uh, conservative, liberal, didn't matter to me, the politics of it. But I wanted to see, is it different in the middle of the country? Is the expectation any different? What does that mean? And so we shot here in Oklahoma as well. And that was really, really important for me to get that perspective. And guess what? People are people. I kind of knew that going in, right? But like, you, I didn't want to explore it. And I did want to make sure that this area of the country was also represented. And so we came here to shoot. And so it's now this incredibly full circle moment for me to come back to a place that I lived, that I love, and to share this story. All right. Well, uh, Nick, where can people keep up with the film and, and you online if they want to see more film festivals or when the film will be, be publicly available? Bodyelectricdoc.com. And then you can follow me at the Nick Demas. All right. Nick Demas, thank you so much for joining us at the Cinemax Mac today. Thank you so much. And listeners, uh, make sure, again, if you want to catch more exclusive Dead Center interviews, you hit us up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, your preferred podcast app, or read all of our coverage over at thecinematropolis.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you again next time. Bye.